Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Get in crash position. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Yeah, it's another big-ass Freak Nation Sunday night. Thank you guys for hanging out. Speedfreaks.tv, of course, is the website. We're there for you on Twitter at Speed Freaks, Facebook. We're all over the damn place. And we're coming up close, Crasher, Statman, to celebrating our 18th year of Speed Freaks, Crasher. That is weird. We are basically graduating high school as a show. <laughs> Am I right? That's... that's <laughs> We're going to be able to get drafted here. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so should we get grad caps and design the top of our grad caps, our Speed Freaks grad caps, or should we get our drafting papers in order? (laughs) There's a lot of things I'm sure we should get in order, Freak Nation. Coming up in the show is this hour is brought to you by our good friends at ISM Raceway, ismraceway.com. Right here in Phoenix, they're getting set for the Can-Am 500 NASCAR semifinal weekend, November 9th, 10th, and 11th. If you have plans, good on you. Be here. If you don't, make plans. It's going to sell out. You go to ismraceway.com. What's that, Crash? Did you see the explosion this week yep. at ISM Raceway? Yep. The timing tower, the, the race control tower that was on the start-finish line, the old front stretch, she gone. Out of here. Pyro and bulldozers. It's going to be incredible to return to this track, Phoenix Raceway, which is now ISM Raceway. And it's it's not just a Hollywood facelift. This is like that dude in somewhere on the planet that's already had three faces. This is the Michael Jackson of track. No, have you seen this guy? This guy, and I'm not I'm not making fun of this cat, but something might have been a fire or something. He has had three different faces planted on his freaking head seriously what? yeah all right i'm looking this up i don't stat man do you know what the hell i'm talking about i think i've heard of this i don't know about three but i've heard of a guy getting a, a facial transplants yeah oh <laughs> we're three minutes into the show and we've already dug the rabbit hole of talking about a dude who has three different faces do you find it do you see it there crasher internet's not being kind to me right now uh, okay the man with three faces cnn yeah, whoa! A man in Paris has become the world's first to successfully receive two complete facial transplants. And you're right, it is from some sort of a either a disorder or a burn or something. Wow! But it worked! It's successful! All yeah, right, that's well, ISM Raceway. It worked! It's successful! And now you can drink from a bar in the infield. Because if you go back and look at this dude's face, his original face, and compare it to the next... Two, yep, yep. he doesn't look like anything prior to. And that's what ISM Raceway is going to be come up in November for their grand reopening, their opening. It's not going to look like the old Phoenix Raceway. <laughs> He's going to... Well, in, in 18 years, we've had all sorts of medical things and all the way back to the mundane of how do we get... Remember when we used to have to pay for all the minutes that we used on the cell phone? That's where we were... 
and text messages and what was that fold-up phone, the clamshell phone oh, yeah, that's that we used phone. to have? Flip phones, yeah. When we first started, that's how far we've come. We, you know, when we started, they still had dial-ups and party lines. So now, you know, we're into the uh, smartphones and people walking on other planets. Crazy. I was just gonna say that I had just moved to Los Angeles a year before meeting you guys and joining this show. And yes, in the year two, in the year two thousand, I did have dial-up internet in my apartment in, in L.A. Dial-up. What you also hell? had a you also had a car that wouldn't start unless you were parked on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> Going downhill. <laughs> oh yeah. You guys must have thought I was the most misfit person ever. My, that car, by the way, was how many different colors? Maybe seven? It had purple paint splotched on the side of it. It was a light blue nineteen ninety two Toyota Tercel with other colors on it. Wow. <laughs> That's those are the rabbit holes we're digging. Yeah, it's the night of Sunday, June third. But damn it, we're talking about eighteen years ago where Crash Gladys. Didn't you call it the the Kristoff or the Cristo? The Cristo, right? Because the license plate, I bought it from a junkyard because that's all I could afford at the time. The license plate said C R I S T O, so it was Cristo. Then so that was the name of my car. <laughs> It was my, my little Christ car. Freak Nation, we know it's a huge motorsports weekend. You have, of course, NASCAR ran in Pocono. You've got the drags in Chicago. You have sports cars and IndyCar in Detroit. Detroit, huge this weekend. Yeah. Holy cow. But, Thank you, Roger Petsky. But we bagged so many freaking interviews over the last seven to ten days. We caught up with so many big-time open-wheel stars, NASCAR stars that – Again, we realize the importance of this weekend when it comes to motorsports, but we have some huge names coming up in the next two hours, Freak Nation. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. More affiliates joining the Freak Nation at six past the hour. Thank you guys for hanging out at Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Coming up in the show, we realize how huge this freaking weekend is for motorsports. Drags in Chicago, IndyCar, you've got in Detroit, and of course, sports cars. Sports cars with them, yeah. Uh, IndyCar po- doubleheader and sports cars. Uh, Pocono uh, with NASCAR, we, we realize all that. But just bear with us for the next two hours. Coming up, Tony Kanaan will be in here. Your Indy 500 winner, Will Power. Uh, uh, Tony Kanaan, by the way, an IndyCar champion and Indy 500 winner. Uh, he'll be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Billy Duffy of the band The Colts. Will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. They got a big tour that's cranking out this summer. Uh, Greg Biffle, not retired NASCAR star. Greg Biffle, by the yes, way, yes, he is. Uh, Greg Biffle will be joining us here in the Freak oh, Nation. Dario right. Franchitti, three-time Indy 500 champion crasher. Yes. Uh, Dario Franchitti will be here in the Freak Nation, and you may not recognize the last name of this dude. His name is Thad Moffitt. That says nothing about the last name of Petty as in Richard Petty. He's the grandson of Richard Petty, running in the Arca Series in those general tires. He's going to be joining us here in the Freak Nation. Yeah, basically, over the last, I think at this point now, we, we don't, can't even say seven days, over the last 14 days, there's been so much going on with Continental Tire, General Tire, and of course the Indy 500 that, yeah, we got to get caught up with y'all. And then just because we were not live last Sunday due to it being Memorial Day weekend. We got to play our willpower Indy 500 winner interview. Yeah. Is just let's just say earrings, earrings. Enough said. Statman, what do you rate that Indy 500 finish with willpower? 
I just love that Will Power got the win. We've, yes. He's been a friend of the Freaks for years, almost since he first came, almost since Indy Lights for him, if, they, if he ran it. But it's been years, and it was good that he's got that monkey off his back. He could check that box on his his list, his to-do list, or the bucket list. Uh, and the, the face that he had when he uh, saw his wife in the victory lane was priceless. Yeah. He just, she was just another person there, and then he did that double take, like, whoa, that's you. You know, that was in, it was just incredible. Then the both of them tried to apologize to one of the uh, the queens yeah. of the oh, race we'll when they about spilled that. the milk on her. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. The Extreme Contact Sport is Continental Tire's newest ultra-high-performance tire. Tested to the limits by championship-winning race car drivers, the Extreme Contact Sport satisfies the most demanding driver. This dynamic street tire was built for car enthusiasts and engineered for extreme grip in dry and wet conditions. Whether it's a Sunday drive on the open road or you need to get to and from work, this tire is for what you do. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. That's ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, proud partner with the Freaks. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Sir Jeremy, you are a true friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Madam Susan, you are an even truer friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. What is that? This is a spiced honey mead wine that I have really been into lately. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Here's to the friends you can always count on. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Hi, I'm Ryan Seacrest for RAD. Over 300 people in this country are killed every week by a drunk driver. That's the equivalent of two 747 plane crashes every single week. And the problem isn't going away unless we all do our part to stop it. So if you see someone who's about to drive after drinking, get the keys. Don't leave it up to anyone else. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. 
Now back in the Freak Nation, a dude that's been running this series since 1952, uh, Tony Kanan, IndyCar Series champion, Indy 500 champion, joining us here in the Freak Nation. Uh, Kanan, you do look good for 75 years old. I know. A lot better than you, you know. So, and you're my age, so that's that says something. Where I want to go with this is we all, well, I remember when you got into open, when, we, when you got into CART and IndyCar Series, I remember when that happened. And now you being one of the veterans, one of the older guys in here, we saw you running around with Matthias Leist earlier this morning, and I thought, what the heck is Kanan teaching this young rookie? Because think of the Unsers and the Andrettis back in the day when they had rookies coming in and the stories that they had to share. Do some of these younger guys look to you for advice, not just on the track, but what the hell to do off the track? No, for sure. And Mateus, obviously, he's from Brazil, so we speak the same language. It's kind of easier. But uh, now, this morning, we're actually talking about a non-related racing uh, conversation. That was about life conversations. So... Uh, I don't think I can get much into it, but, uh, you know, he's a good kid and, uh, you know, so young. I remember when I was young having Steve Horn, uh, my team owner, to to get to lean on to get some advice. But, you know, he, w- he was a team owner. He had a lot of experience, but he wasn't really a, a race car driver. So I tried to teach him as much as I can. I mean, he, I think he's one of the future of IndyCars. We have plenty of good rookies this year, you know, Robert Wickens and, and from Canada. Then we have a bunch of the Americans, you know, that they're doing good. So one Brazilian in the mix to keep the tradition there. But yeah, we're talking about life, actually. How important is that for a young rookie to realize that life outside of this complex is just as important as what he does inside that helmet? Well, and that's what I was trying to tell him. I mean, you know, nowadays to have talent a good thing but you have to have more than that you know it's not just you know being talented at this level of competition that we do pretty much everybody is so you have to be different you have to be to know how to present yourself and how to talk to the sponsors because they're the ones that they pay the bills and, and some of these kids nowadays take that for granted and I think for me coming from a family that you know I had to work they my dad didn't pay for me to go racing I had to really work and and I've learned a lot of that and some of these kids nowadays they get it some some of them I'm not generalizing but they get it easy right so I was trying to I'm not saying that was the case with Mateus but I was trying to share some of those experiences and I use that actually as a you guys have kids you know that and I use that as a training for my little ones because I wouldn't want to make it easier on them either you know well let's talk who was Tony Kanan 21 years ago when you entered the IndyCar series and how have you changed what have you learned the most I'm a rookie driver what are you going to teach me I was pretty stupid I have to say but uh, Steve Horn kept me on my toes but I would say um, you know the biggest thing it's how mature these kids are nowadays I mean I don't want to sound old because we're probably the same not you but me me and Gladys are the same generation uh but yeah they're they're different right I mean and I guess we look at our parents that they think we were different and it's just they're so more mature I was so much more immature when I was 19 uh, than this kid is so I don't even remember I mean I didn't even drive an Indy car when I was 19 I was 23 by the time I came here so uh, I would say for me uh you know the maturity I was I was a lot more of I don't know. Immature. That's the best way to, to describe. Yeah, but 
being immature is not always a bad thing because you learn from your mistakes and become a better person because of it. No, for sure. But then I think back then we had more room to be immature. Nowadays, you get a kid that is 19 and he's immature and you have a kid that is 19 and is a lot more mature. He will succeed and then, you know, you might not get another chance. And that's the thing. I mean, once he got given a pretty good chance to be an IndyCar, I think he was... He knows that. I'm not saying that because I'm here, but he got really lucky that I'm his teammate, that I'm willing to share all the information, teach him. I don't hold anything back. He's not a threat to me. He's not going to take my job. By the time I, he wants to take my job, probably I would have decided not to do this anymore. And, and so to me, that's what, you know, I think it counts the maturity nowadays because all these kids are fast. And then you go to the next thing. What is it? Is he good with sponsors? Does he do good interviews? Does he represent himself off the track the way he's supposed to? You know, the maturity, that's the problem right there. You know, sometimes you make, we all did. We want to talk about when we were 19, all of us here. Let's talk about not having Twitter. Let's talk about not having Facebook. We we didn't have that. A, a rookie in the National Football League or a rookie in the IndyCar Series. You kidding me? I would hate to be a rookie now with social media following me everywhere I freaking go. You are 100% correct. And I think if we had that, I don't think we all, we wouldn't have a job. You know what I mean? So nowadays you can't do anything wrong that somebody saw it, took a picture, put it on social media. So, yeah, they have their life. It's not fun. They have no idea what fun was. <laughs> Tony Kanaan, Indy 500 champion, IndyCar champion, joining the Freaks. And, Tony, you talk about the maturity of you, the maturity of other drivers. You've got a guy like James Hinchcliffe, who is mature beyond his years. Okay, I'm just getting kind of happy here. Here's a guy that is a face for this series that doesn't make the Indy 500. You as a driver, knowing that he's competitive, he could he could win this race, great personality. It has to be disappointing for you that one of the faces of the series isn't going to be running in the 500. It is, but that's the reality of the series. I mean, you tell, you know, we, we kept asking for bump day, bump day, yeah. bump day. For the, fast, the past four or five years, we didn't have one. And it was like, well, you know, everybody has an opinion about, oh, that see, it's not the same. The Indy 500 is not the same. The Indy 500 has been the same for 100 years. It's always going to be the Indy 500. You can say whatever you want. But we asked for a bump. We had a bump. And sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because you had a bump and you bump one of the most popular drivers out of the field. But it's not the first time. We've been here when Penske didn't make the show with two drivers, Bobby Rejo. It happens, man. Sometimes it happens. It breaks my heart because I like him a lot. I think he's very valuable. But in my opinion... Um, that is always, I try always to take a spin, a positive spin out of a bad situation, right? I think uh, growing up with all the stuff that I had to go through, if I didn't think like that, I, would be, I wouldn't be around. So I think it's getting a lot more publicity not being in the race than actually being in the race. So to me, for the sponsor, if you talk about you know, a sponsor that cares about numbers and the, uh, and the return and, and everything else and the guests they're bringing here, Hinch is going to be able to spend three hours with their guests at hospitality talking about the race, talking about what's going on. Instead of being in the race, let's say somebody will buy him a seat. He was going to have to start that last and run in top 20 all day. That was going to be not good. And the return that he's getting, it's phenomenal. And I think it was the smartest thing to do for him, personally, I think, not to be in the race because some people could view that as a, well, look at that, now it's bumped, now you can buy your way in, although the rules are being the same for 100 years, the car qualifies, not the driver. But I get it, and I think he's getting a big kick out of it, to be honest. I mean, I'm not saying he's happy about it, but if it happened, you know. 
Do you see what Kanan's doing as he's talking to you, Kenny? He's, he's putting out this hand with this big, chunky Indy 500 ring on it. You're just saying, I have room on another finger for another one. I have nine more. So <laughs> I don't know if I make nine more, but yeah, I only wear this one uh, during this month. I don't, oh. I don't wear it during the year. I think it's, I don't know, it's just me. I don't like to like keep showing off, hey, look at this. But during this month, a lot of people ask, a lot of people, you know, it's... So every really, really, you won't wear that. And I'm, you know me, I like to crack your nuts anytime I can. Why don't you wear that? It's I wear my I wear my college ring because I'm proud of the success that my mother and father granted me financially. To, to that, I wear this in their honor. You, you're wearing that in your folks' honor for. Come on, bro. I know. I, know. I don't know. I think sometimes it's like you're showing off too much, you know. But uh, how many dudes? How many dudes get a chance to run into? How many dudes and women get a chance to win Indy 500, bro? Not many. I think we have what 80, 80 winners or something yeah. over the hundred years. So eighty people. So oh, well, not even because there's guys that have. Three or more, so there's more there's more astronauts that have gone to the moon than there are Indy five hundred winners. Think all about right, that. All right, all right, all right. I'll wear it. I'll keep it. It's so. not bulky like a Super Bowl ring where you need a two wheeler to, to haul it around. It is. It it was. It was really big, and I'm like, guys, I can't. I can't. So I have the big one at home, and I made. This was a, was a special request, and I made that for me. So it's a little bit more discreet, and I can wear with my gloves and drive. I don't take it out to drive the car. Well, it's like my wedding ring. If I take it out, she'll kill me, so I better just leave it on. That would be so badass, walking in, taking my daughter to first grade or kindergarten with that ring on my hand. I'll There's an 8500 champion. I'll keep it. I'll even like pretend that I, like, I scratch my head all the time with it. Like, hey, guys, how's it going? Hold on, now that you're living in Indianapolis, it means a little bit more. You see here, everybody knows who I am, actually. Here is like, it's, it's crazy how, it's like Brazil. I can't go anywhere. That it's, uh, it's cool. Easy, Ronaldo. No, no, I'm not that, that famous. But here, actually, probably I am. <laughs> You've got a lot of great memories here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. One in particular is not so great. You tagging the wall in turn one. I can't remember how many Gs it was. What were the repercussions for you from that? And I bring that up because of the concussion issues that we're having in the National Football League and hockey and in all sports. What was the repercussions for you? Actually, I did not have a concussion. I think IndyCar came a long ways with, uh, you know, the safety aspect of it. But, I mean, that day I crashed on Saturday, which was qualifying day, and I, I didn't qualify on Saturday, which was lucky because this year they changed the rules. If that had happened this year, I wouldn't have been on the field. And then actually crash into turn one. On Saturday morning, they f- spent all day fixing the car for Sunday. Sunday morning, we went out to do a half an hour session. I crashed again, and uh, I almost didn't make the field. I started that last. So the repercussion was I almost didn't make the 500 in 2010. How can you not have a, cr- a concussion after? Again, how many Gs was that? Are you just saying that because you, you, no, ch- you no. cheated the rules and you had a concussion? No. Back in the day, we didn't have as accurate as uh, you know tools to to talk about to to check if you're concussed but uh, i'm pretty sure i wasn't because i remember a couple of times i had in detroit in uh, 2000 i had a big one uh, i had a concussion for four weeks and we didn't know and i raced and everything so that was back in the day that we didn't have any tests nowadays indycar just developed yep. i think you guys saw that this new goggle that it's crazy you can't lie before it was a computer test that you can actually kind of you do it on your own. You could. It's the same test every year. You could kind of like memorize. You could establish your baseline at the beginning of the season. You could trick the test. Like, yeah, yeah, you would just go really, you suck at it pretty much. <laughs> and then when you're concussed, you suck as bad. So, oh, he's fine. But no, I mean, IndyCar came a long ways. I mean, that hit was 90, 98 Gs, and uh, I, walk, I walked away. I still remember stuff. So. 
live stories with Tony Kanaan. How bitching would that be to see A.J. Foyt run again? Run to you after the 500. So we have a bet. So I said, A.J., if I win, when I win the 500, you're going to have to kiss me in the podium. And it's a bat. So running is the least of his problems. I want to see it like a big, you know, when the princess come and kiss you, that's going to be AJ right there. And that picture, it's going to be in every paper and it's going to be in the museum forever. So Freak Nation, there it is. Now you see who we really want to win is Tony Kanan. So we can get a big fat wedding from AJ Foyt, his team owner. As always, Holmes, thank you. Thank you, guys. Nice to be here. And uh, let's go get this ring and AJ's kiss. Kiss my and we go from a former Indy 500 champion with Tony Kanaan to the current Indy 500 champion, Will Power. He joins us next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
had this guy in the Freak Nation, what, last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, and damn it, good to get him in here for the real reason. Your Indy 500 winner, Will Power, joined the Freaks, and it's been about uh, 48 hours, give or take a few. I would imagine there might not have been a full hour that you've slept uh, within that last 48 hours. No, seriously, uh, I haven't stopped drinking since. So, uh, no, no, I have. I actually haven't had a drink, but I have. Uh, have had about two hours sleep time the night after the race. I just couldn't sleep. It's just too much uh, going on in my head. And uh, last night I finished the banquet. Got to New York. Got to the hotel about three a.m. Woke up uh, six a.m. and started doing a bunch of media. What's the toughest thing to do for you, Will Power, your Indy 500 winner? Is it this media tour after winning the Indy 500 or continuing to raise that child of yours? Probably raising the child. Definitely, definitely a tough gig. But, um, yeah, no, the media tour on two hours of sleep, it's all worth it, man, when you win the Indy 500. Will Power, of course, when you win the Indy 500, milk is the drink of choice, and I know you're not much of a milk drinker, but you know what? Instead of being so rude and dousing the queen in your milk, you could have just given it to your little boy. I could have, or I could have just gone crazy with it and thrown it in everyone's faces. <laughs> Which did make for an epic story. You're in victory lane. You just won $2.5 million. You just won the world's most prestigious race, and you're apologizing to the queen of the Indy 500. I, I felt bad. I really did. I mean, I, I didn't even realize it happened. Liz kind of pointed on like, oh, and she had glasses on and she couldn't even see out of the glasses. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she was great sport. I mean, she was uh, she was all good. She understood the significance of the uh, excitement. Will Power, your Indy 500 winner, joining the Freaks. Will, when you were in the Freak Nation last week, one of the things that I knocked you about and one of the things that you said you just can never do, you can't be that crazy Elio Castroneves and other younger drivers with that crazy personality. However... Holy smokes, you won this 500. Now we hear what the hell's been bottled up with this this epic scream that you had over the pit radio. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I just had so much emotion to let out because I just wanted that race so badly and I've had so many questions over the last, you know, ever since I won the championship, but even before that, with all the race wins that I had, you know, I just, I just uh, let everything out just, Oh, man, that's such a relief. Do you still hate the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? I when I never said I never said I hated it. <laughs> Damn you me, I won both races. I've won there four times now. <laughs> four times. One time that to me is the only time that has mattered. Willpower, it's been written about you that ovals were not your thing when you first came into IndyCar, and maybe it, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, IMS, it was just a little bit tough to get used to what did change though for you whether it's the gp wins or or just getting better on ovals and just being a mad talent that you are what changed over the last year that made you want this indy 500 more than anything i think uh i just started having doubts that i would ever win it um but i i i have been i was so positive over the month i slept better than i ever had and really enjoyed it and Soaked up all the activities that goes with, uh, you know, completing the month of the month of May, and yeah, just just gave it everything I got. Willpower is that you being a great driver, or where you are in your life right now? I'm definitely in a good spot in life. 
Um, you know, I think uh, I think think you learn so much when you have a bad struggle, which which I had had in 2016-17, and um, you know, I got back to my full health and fitness and feeling great, and had a pretty slow start to the season as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I forgot the question, but feels good <laughs> well here <laughs> I, i'm so tired i just forget what people are I, i'm sure you something. are but here this this yeah. one will wake you up we talked about your fitness you just referenced your fitness and how you're pretty much the best it's ever been but you still don't <laughs> shave your legs i don't shave my legs no mm, hairy man i don't i'm like yeah i'm a hairy man i'm out on the bike all these other blokes have got their, their legs shaved and i just like to be you know I don't know what I was going to say, but well, I, I think shaving legs. Well, there's an aerodynamic advantage. Clearly, I think you're going to bring there back a new is, trend. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. There is. Uh, I remember, yeah, if you, when I was doing triathlons, you used to shave down, shave your arms, shave your legs. Uh, but yeah, it definitely didn't make the difference. Indeed, 500 winner, which sounds freaking fantastic. Finally joining the freaks, I and mean, we finally Indy 500 winner. He can cross that off. And Will, we talked about you piercing your ears, and then. There was a little incident prior to the race. You were back with all the drivers, and please tell me you remember this. That I'm just I'm not egotistical in the fact that all I did when I saw you back there with the drivers before the race is I just kind of flicked my earring Flick your at ears. you. Yeah, Flick your earrings. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I was sitting in there like everyone else, probably a nervous wreck, waiting to get in the car. And yeah, you flick your earrings, and I was like. That's it. I'm going to win this race. <laughs> so what percentage does Kenny get of that two and a half mil? You have to speak to Roger on that because I'm kind of asking what percentage I get. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're not real happy with the percentage that you get, you say, okay, I'm, I'm getting the double pierce back. Get, getting a what? Getting your double pierce back, your double pierced ear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that definitely wouldn't help <laughs> getting a more of a, the percentage. You'd probably hurt it. Well, now that you have the 500 crossed off, can you feel already that it's more incentive to win the championship this year, or is it more of a relief? And it might be in a territory that you're not familiar with because you probably have most of your things checked off in your career at this point. I do have the two things, you know, the main things you have to check off in IndyCar, but to, I'm very determined to win another championship. I really am. And, you know, as soon as the race was finished, I was, you know, thinking about Detroit and started to think about, okay, how, how am I going to rest enough to be competitive this weekend? Because, you know, I want to still, I want to fight hard for this championship. And that would be just such an uh, unbelievable year to have. No, let's seriously think about what you just said there. You you told us over the last couple of days you've barely slept after winning the Indy 500. So now you need to figure out a way to rest before the double header that you have this weekend in Detroit. And it's s hot in the Midwest and humid. So you got to figure out how to prehydrate as well. Oh, but then people say drivers aren't athletes. F them. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, no, it's. And Detroit is the toughest weekend we have because we have to do both. Have to do both races. So when I'm do you not get saying sleep? You had a choice not to do one. <laughs> you <don't have> <laughs> You'd sit out if you want, but you're probably not going to have a job. <laughs> Will Power, what's been the coolest congratulations, either from an unknown source or from someone you expected to respond about your great win at Indy? I think Chris Hemsworth, Mike Pence, a couple of big names there. So on Twitter, Dale Junior. Um, but honestly, 
what I absolutely um, thought was fantastic was when Graham Ray Hall, yep. Alex Rothy, Ryan Hunter Ray, and Oriel Servia came out on the front stretch when I was in the uh, back of tomorrow doing my victory lap. Congratulate me! I thought that was uh, that meant a lot to me. We uh, we look forward to getting you back in the Freak Nation, buddy. We were we weren't as emotional as you were, but we were certainly emotional with this win. And I think the majority of people were are so happy for you, buddy. Excellent! Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You got it. See you, man. Cheers. There's your Indy 500 champion, Will Power, here in the Freak Nation. And coming up next, co-founding member of the band The Cult, Billy Duffy. He joins us to talk about a big old tour kicking off this summer. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. What's up? It's Kenny Sargent. And for my motorsports fix, bam, I turn it on MAV-TV. MAV-TV, a network loaded with car and motorcycle shows, motorsports events, and exclusive automotive reality shows like Full Custom, Wrench Wars. What about drag boats? They got them. Off-road, sprint cars, pro pulling league, motocross, they're all on MAV-TV. It's the answer for those jonesing looking for some automotive action. Don't get MAV-TV? Call your local provider and get it. Check them out at MAVTV.com on Twitter and Facebook. MAV-TV is motorsports. Sir Jeremy, you are a true friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Madam Susan, you are an even truer friend of the crown. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. What is that? This is a spiced honeymead wine that I have really been into lately. Please follow Sir Brad. He's going to give you a private tour of the pit of misery. I'm sorry, what? Pit of misery. Dilly dilly. Here's to the friends you can always count on. The Extreme Contact Sport is Continental Tire's newest ultra-high-performance tire. Tested to the limits by championship-winning race car drivers, the Extreme Contact Sport satisfies the most demanding driver. This dynamic street tire was built for car enthusiasts and engineered for extreme grip in dry and wet conditions. Whether it's a Sunday drive on the open road or you need to get to and from work, this tire is for what you do. For more information, visit ContinentalTire.com. That's ContinentalTire.com. Continental Tire, proud partner with the Freaks. Introduce. Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. The Texas Roadkill, the San Francisco Swallows, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, I got your attention now, don't I? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative. Funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history, a meaning behind it, like the New Orleans Curse or the Nashville Bootleggers. And these t-shirts, they are awesome, with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are ridiculously soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com. That's awesomesportslogos.com. Dot com and get awesome. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined.
You're back with the Freaks. Good to get this dude here in the Freak Nation. I met Billy Duffy from the Colt back in 1985-86 when I was part of a big old rock and roll radio station in Dallas. Billy Duffy and crew had an appearance at Sound Warehouse, and I had the pleasure of driving Billy Duffy in our Q102 van to that appearance. <laughs> and now Billy Duffy of the Colt joins us here in the Freak Nation. You probably don't remember any of that, Billy, but damn it, it's good to get you back, man. I, you know, if you say it's true, I believe you. I was definitely there, for sure. <laughs> and I know... It was fun in those days, from what I can remember. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go with this, Billy. Again, that was mid-'80s. And, and here we are in, in 2018, and, and the madness that is now rock and roll and digital and where we are with, with music at this point. Uh, was this a time when you guys came out with, with, with your, whether it's She Sells Sanctuary or Electric... Do you say to yourself, thank goodness we came out in the 80s versus, you know, 2018? That's a very good question. Um, I, I would say there's probably some advantages to have, have kind of gone the path that we, we went. But, you know, I, I think it was, it was a bit more of a defined uh, trajectory to, to, you know, the amount of effort you put in. Uh, could equal, um, you know, some success if you stuck at it long enough, you know, and people in terms of record companies and the various sides of the music business invested in longevity. You know, the argument back in the day, I remember, was they were trying to, Warner Brothers were trying to get us to sign another year on our contract. Mm. These days, nobody wants to make any commitment at all for people. So if you're a young artist, I would imagine it's very difficult. You know, he's very, he seems very disposable. Um, you know, one swing of the bat, and that's it, if you pardon me, your sporting uh, <laughs> analogy. But they, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I hate that thing where, you know, people come out, oh, it was better in our day. I, you know, I can't imagine. I think, I think the average young guy in a band now, if they've got the hunger and they've got the desire and the talent and the stubbornness and some luck, you know, they should, hopefully they've got something to say, you know. And if they've got something to say and a desire to do it, they'll probably work it out, you know, in, in their own way. Billy Duffy, we always think about the past as being better or those were the golden days, but they were just different. Like in the 80s, people concentrated on making albums. Now things are different. You can concentrate on one song, released one song at a time and maybe concentrate on quality. Uh, yeah, there was, there was, well, yeah, there was more pressure. I mean, I remember the generation before me, um, the 60s and 70s, those guys, you know, they were under contracts to turn out two new albums of new material every year. You know, so we didn't have it so bad, you know. I mean, we, we were fortunate in the sense that we were signed, and our records are still on Beggar's Banquet, which is the largest UK independent label. Um, we were through Warner Brothers, but that was a licensing deal. That was a deal between the labels. We were on Sire Warners. As we were very fortunate that Seymour Stein, the legendary mogul who uh, had the, you know, the Ramones and uh, Madonna, and he liked us, and we, we went with Warners because Sire was with Warners. But we always wanted to keep a little control over what we did, um, you know, and, and I think that's been something that has given us longevity also, where... We worked with people in record companies who weren't maybe as exploitive as other people at record companies might have been. So, you know, they were music first, business second, which is, you know, probably the best way to be. But Billy Duffy, you were able to have control over your product. How difficult was that? 
Well, I mean, you're also, you know, if you're allowed to make your own mistakes, you know, you've got to be man enough to, uh, you know, we, we recorded an entire album once, got it wrong and had to record it again wow. at our expense, um, which was the electric album. You know, I mean, you, you, we were, you, you, you know, you get, get enough rope. And, you know, but I think, um, again, it's the background of the cult and the kind of, you know, Ian and I were both fans of punk rock, you know, so that was our... As much as I, I'd love rock music, you know, punk was something was actually happening when I left high school, and it was like very much part of my daily life growing up. And it just got into your DNA. It was a very unique thing that happened in the UK, and uh, that's in there. And our record label, Beggar's Banquet, were a, were a record store, just like Virgin Records. Mm. Used to be a bunch of old hippies who sold hippie records and got on the <laughs> punk bandwagon. And um, just like Richard Branson did, and uh, he did quite well. But punk rock is in all of our DNA. Um, it's, it's in there, and it's just part of the mix. And, and we were allowed to make creative decisions. Um, and, and I think that was great. Most, you know, a lot of bands were. It was great. Freak Nation, his name is Billy Duffy, co-founder, lead guitarist of the cult, joining the Freaks, getting set for Revolution 3 tour, kicking off this summer, and I believe it's September 2nd. You guys will be cruising through Phoenix when it's still going to be 110 freaking degrees at yeah at, it's at midnight. Cool off nicely there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Drink lots of water. You know what? No, no humidity. So what? I'm not going to complain. I like a dry heat. What can I tell you? Yeah, but if you're in Los Angeles, come on, you're already used to that. This just like takes it up another 10 degrees, which can sometimes be unbearable. Yeah, look at look at. Hopefully, we won't be on at noon, um, but uh, high noon. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. I, I'm looking for. I believe that, that that's the last show in the U.S. Actually, uh, the Phoenix the Phoenix show. I, my, my, I, I have been wrong before, but I think that uh, that's the final show on the tour. So that should be fun. Billy, talk about this because you look at the bands that you're on tour with. It'll be Bush, Stone Temple Pilots, and of course the Colt. Knowing Ian Asbury as you do, and knowing him from the peripheral as I do, and and don't take this the wrong way, I would think that. Maybe in Asbury, and not necessarily from drugs or alcohol, might be the one that would be missing from this tour and not the former lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots just because of the madness that was Ian Asbury in the 80s and early 90s. Do you know what I mean yeah, by that? He's, he's got a pretty amazing constitution, Ian, you know. Right. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's stuck around. He's, he's, a, he's a healthy guy. I think he's got more hair now what? than he had back in the day. It's unbelievable. He's like he's, he's actually unlike most blokes. He's actually gaining hair. I don't know what I don't know what's going on with him, but he's uh, yeah, he's still around. He's still you know he's in there swinging. We're both quite stubborn individuals. You know our birthdays are uh, one year and two days apart. So uh, we have, there's a lot of we're very different and we're very similar in a lot of different ways. It's it's uh, an interesting blend. But you know we we find that common ground. But yeah, he's. Uh, well, you know, we all used to get up to shenanigans. Yes, you but, did. Uh, you know, uh, he, yeah, Ian, Ian's definitely had some uh, had some fun out there. Is he still wanting to fight everybody in the crowd and on stage and just start punching people? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think you completely lose that. Yeah, he, he's a little. Uh, he like you know, he's he's been known occasionally to um, you know he, he does do martial arts. He's a bit you know he's uh, he went down the Elvis route, you know. <laughs> but I, I don't know if he's got guys to he pays to fall over for him, right. like Elvis did, you know. But, uh, 
Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean. I, uh, Ian's good. No, Ian's cool. He's he's good. He's looking forward to it. You know, he's uh, he likes. I don't think he loves touring as much as I do. I, once I get out, I hate just leaving my house and getting onto a tour bus. But once I'm on it, I love it. He, I'm not sure that he loves the touring as much as uh, as a lot of people do, you know. But uh, I think he, I mean, he loves the shows and he loves the audience, so that's what matters. But you know, hey, I must, you must have heard that sort of um, <laughs> that that cliche. Uh, it's the 23 hours a day I'm not on stage that I want to get paid for. The gig I'll do for free. Well, Billy Duffy, talk about that. We travel a lot for sports, especially now that summer's coming up. We just, oh my gosh, schedule's crazy. Not quite right. like a tour, but it's true. I'm the same way. I don't like packing and getting ready, but once I'm on the plane and going from, from plane to plane to plane, I'm good with it. But yeah, what is it with you and that anticipation of, oh God, here we go? Oh, just deciding how to, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm at exactly what you just said. I just, home life's home life, and then, you know, it's a big change. But once I'm gone, once I'm out and sat on the plane and all that nonsense is behind me, I, uh, I really enjoy it, but uh, I, I, I would be lying if I said that I look forward to, like, the two days before I leave, trying to get everything squared away and packing and all that malarkey. Freak Nation, check it out. Revolution 3 Tour hitting the ground this summer. His name is Billy Duffy with the Colt joining the Freaks. Is this all three co-headliners where you, where you will rotate with the three bands? Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's the idea. It, it, it's been done before, uh, many years ago, I believe, but, but it's, it's, it's a fairly interesting concept. It seems to have got people's imaginations, you know, how, you know, we managed to put our, you know, egos aside enough to be able to work it out for the greater good of the making the event happen. And uh, we all get out, we all get to play these big places and, you know, have, hopefully have a lot of fun. You know, I, uh, I do like American summer tours, um, and getting into those kind of sh- what we call the sheds. I don't yeah. know whether people know that's what we call them, but the sheds. And uh, it's good. It'd be, it should be a lot of fun. The bands get on pretty well, so so that's a nice sidebar, you know. That's where I was uh, going. Is, is I know that you've spent some time with members of Stone Temple Pilots in the past, but what about Bush? Yeah, I I think I don't know why I know Gavin Rossdale. I know I I I just I think I know people he knows in London, and I feel like I've. I've, I've been in his company several times and I think played on a couple of those charity type gigs that happen mm. from time to time um, where different bands get together, band members and, you know, different singers. But it's a whole thing. I, you know, but I, I, yeah, I feel like I know him and the drummer Robin for, forever. Yeah, I, I, you know, we, we, we did a thing on all, uh, April the 3rd where all three bands got together and we played a little mini show for streaming purposes being the modern guys that we are and um that sort of announced the tour and it was great to get everybody together it was kind of vibey i like it actually because <laughs> everybody ups their game a little bit in a good way you know it's it's a healthy use of ego because nobody's going to want to suck are they <laughs> that's <laughs> you <know>? true <laughs> you know what i mean like the bar you know each band's got a bunch of songs we've all sold millions of records at different times and eras we've all heard each other's music and grown up listening to it or whatever and and I'm sure we all share a lot of the same influences, you know. So I think it's kind of a good thing for the crowd. And uh, they get three headlining bands uh, play an equal amount of time. I don't know who's going to headline where. I, I know one or two shows, but I don't know who's on in Phoenix. And 
I'm on, I don't even know how they're going to announce it. <laughs> I think they announce it before, though. Um, I don't think it's just like potluck when you show up, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Billy Duffy, I am using that phrase of yours, and I will give you credit whenever I tweet it out. That is so perfect for sports, for anything with co- anything of any sort of a competitive nature. A healthy use of ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, right, you're welcome. That is just it's, a uh, yeah, hard, It's not exactly Shakespeare, but it'll do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great hashtag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it'd be good. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I mean, and, and I also enjoy listening to each of those bands' music. So that's a nice little little sidebar. You know, you get to enjoy people who are your friends. And hopefully that will come across to the crowd and everybody will have a good time. You know, it's summer. People want to enjoy themselves, maybe forget a few of their woes. Mm. Oh, yeah. And come out and just rock out and listen to some guitar music, um, you know, and, and a surprising amount of hits, actually. That's the other thing, is between the three bands, there's, there's a lot of, of, a lot of hit singles, you know. Freak Nation, for more information, you go to LiveNation.com to get all the information where to purchase the tickets for this fantastic tour. Billy Duffy with the Colt. Uh, joining the Freaks. BD, thanks for doing this, man. It's, um, it's been a long-ass time since we last spoke, buddy. Yeah, that has been quite a while, quite a while, but we're, I'm still here, you're still mm. there, and Dallas is still over there, so, you know, <laughs> nobody's losing. Thanks, Billy. All right, take it easy, guys. Bye-bye. Telling you, Freak Nation, Bush, the Colt, and the revamped Stone Temple Pilots. If you got some extra cake, they're rolling through your town. You don't want to miss that triple header with those three bands. Hey, man, coming up next hour, I'm not sure which one we're going to dig most. His name is Thad Moffat. Thad Moffat. Does that just scream Richard Petty to you, Statman, the name Thad Moffat? Uh, no. Uh, Moffat. Uh, was it that Billie Jean King's uh, family name, Moffat? <laughs> man. We we have backhoes of rabbit holes that we did. <laughs> this is one of those shows. <laughs> and we're only at the beginning of June. Yeah. Wait until the end of June when we do our anniversary show. <laughs> There's where the rabbit holes really come yeah, in. This is like a tease for the anniversary show. Right. We're talking about Crash's car and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Thad Moffat is the grandson of Richard Petty, and this dude's making a whole lot of noise in the ARCA series, running on those general tires. He's going to join us next hour. Speaking of a dude that made a whole lot of noise for almost, what, over a dozen years with Jack Roush, Greg Biffle will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. And not, a, not a retired NASCAR star, I guess. He's told us he's not retired, because there might be some things that he's going to jump in if the ride is right. And we'll talk to him about that. NASCAR? Yeah. Or off-road? Oh, anything. If the ride is right. Really? Yes. I know that sounded weird. Sorry. But I just don't. It's, it's, I find it hard to believe. Even though, yeah, Matt Kenseth is back. So, yeah, okay, fine. Whatever. Biffle, go ahead. Biffle might, Biffle might be like the NBA. You know, the NBA is different than anybody who left five years ago. Uh, Biffle may not... You know, this may not be the NASCAR that he wants to get involved in. So, mm. uh, you know, maybe he should go back to his bar in Washington and and um, stick with that. You know, I mean, that's that's the way of the world nowadays. 
Yeah, he's doing, I think, just fine right now. So, Freak Nation, again, you miss any of this show, you go to speedfreaks.tv. Last hour, you had your Indy 500 champion, Will Power, joined us. Billy Duffy of the Colt was in here. Also, Tony Kanaan, an IndyCar 500, excuse me, an IndyCar champion and Indy 500 champion as well. He was in here last hour. Again, go to speedfreaks.tv. Coming up, Greg Biffle, Thad Moffat, the grandson of Richard Petty, and Dario Franchitti, Speed Freaks Pits, and the Lucas Oil Studios. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined.